Friday, December 7th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday. We talk sports. We try to bring you a dose of common sense. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you, of course. Today, December 7th, is National Pearl Harbor Day, where we recognize what is now the 76th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor that took place back on December 7th. Now, National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day is observed across the nation this day in honor of all those who lost their lives serving our country here in the United States at Pearl Harbor. There were more than 3,500 Americans who lost their lives or were wounded on that day. Of course, one of the slogans that came out of the horrible tragedy at Pearl Harbor was never forget. Never forget. Never forget the lives lost. Never forget that we all need to stand together. Never forget how Americans are going to stand up and fight in these situations when we are attacked by outside forces. Never forget. Of course, we all heard those same things after 9-11. And you know, growing up, I had always heard never forget about Pearl Harbor. And I was like, well, how would you forget that? I mean, if you were involved in Pearl Harbor, my goodness, if you were alive during Pearl Harbor, there's no way you'd ever forget. And now in America here, following 9-11, we said the same thing. Hey, never forget, never forget, never forget. Yeah, I think we've all forgotten. When you see the infighting going on in our country right now, when you see the silly arguments that we are having over the most inane of subjects. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that we probably have already forgotten. Like we forgot some of those ideas, some of those concepts faster than ESPN has forgotten. There were ever NBA players that existed prior to LeBron James. I know we always say never forget. I don't know. Historically, we tend to forget really, really quickly. See that a lot in sports too. Hey, if you would like to contact the show, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can go over to Facebook or Twitter and find us over there. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you have a comment. Maybe you have a certain subject you would like us to tackle here at The Dose. Feel free to reach out. We would love to hear what you have to say. Also, I know this weekend you are going to be doing some holiday shopping. Make sure you stop by tpublic.com, search Daily Dose in the search box, and take a look at some of the Daily Dose gear that is available over at tpublic.com. I have already heard from a few people that have placed their orders with tpublic.com. They've got some really cool Daily Dose gear over at tpublic. Make sure you stop by there. Do some of that holiday shopping. Knock some of those things out that you know you have to do anyways at tpublic.com and get the Daily Dose listener in your life taken care of. Also, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Hey, you say you know college football. This is your chance to prove it. Go over to ESPN. Go to the College Football Bowl Pick'em Contest and search for the group Daily Dose Podcast. Feel free to join our group over there. I'm going to be over there. I know Big Rob, who set all this up, is going to be over there. There's going to be a number of Daily Dose listeners participating in the College Football Bowl Pick'em. Hey, there is a major award on the line here, people. Not to mention the fact... If you do somehow get that perfect bracket, you are picking up $1 million from ESPN. That's never a bad thing. I know a million dollars doesn't go as far as it used to, but that wouldn't be all bad to pick up a million cool ones, would it? 
So make sure that you stop by ESPN and join up with our Daily Dose group over there. We would love to have you join us. Everyone is welcome. Hey, today on the show, we do have a few breaking sports stories to cover today. And then we are going to finish up our conversation with basketball coach Russ McKinstry, who has joined us all week to, you know, just basically discuss the world of sports. We talked some college football, whether or not he feels the playoffs should be expanded. We talked some NFL and how much the game has changed in recent years just due to the rule changes that are going on over there. And we talked some NBA yesterday when we looked at the season so far. Took a look at some teams maybe to keep an eye on this year. Today, we are going to finish up the conversation by talking some college basketball. What does Coach Mack think of those young but very, very talented Duke Blue Devils? Is that team overhyped by the media or are they a legitimate threat to win it all? What conference might be the toughest in the country? And you know he has a few lesser-known teams that he keeps an eye on that might be worth watching this year. We've got a number of things to get to today on The Dose. Let's start off in the NBA, where we did get some interesting comments from Golden State Warriors forward Kevin Durant, who could become a free agent following this season. But in his comments, it doesn't sound as if he sees himself as a fit for joining up with LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Kevin Durant told Bleacher Report that it will be hard for the Lakers to sign players to be teammates of LeBron James because of the toxic environment that comes with the territory. Now, I know you hear that headline. Kevin Durant says LeBron James brings a toxic environment. And I know it is very, very easy to say, wait a second, Katie, what are you talking about? We see some of the internal strife that's going on with Golden State How are you telling anybody about toxic environment? Listen to what he had to say. Here's what Katie said. So much hype comes from being around LeBron from other people. He has so many fanboys in the media. Even the beat writers just fawn over him. I'm like, we're playing basketball. And it's not even about basketball at certain points. So I get why anyone wouldn't want to be in that environment. Because it's toxic. Especially when the attention is BS attention. Fluff. It's not LeBron's fault at all. It's just the fact you have so many groupies in the media that love to hang on every word. Just get out of the way and let us play basketball. When you hear it that way, hey, I get what Kevin Durant is saying. I would bet that on some level, LeBron James gets what he's saying too, even though he probably won't ever admit it. But think about this. Every single time in his career that LeBron has had a very, very good teammate join up with him, they are reduced to being a role player. Chris Bosh down at Miami, he was a very good player in his own right before LeBron. By the time that was over, he was just an average bench looking player. Nothing great about that. Kevin Love, when he was with Minnesota, was a 25 and 15 guy every single night. He joins LeBron in Cleveland. He was reduced to even worse. Like He was reduced to being a full-on clown in Cleveland. People were dogging Kevin Love. Dude, you're horrible. What made anyone think you were ever good? He used to be good. I've got news for you. He didn't suddenly just get bad. I know the narrative is that Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard, they're all going to be like joining the Lakers next year. Let me ask you a question. If you're any one of them, why would you want to go? When you win, it is all LeBron James. When you lose, it's your fault. Ask Kyrie Irving how that feels, because we all saw what happened there 
and the first chance he got, he left. I have a feeling the Los Angeles Lakers may struggle to bring in the recruits they think they're going to get. You might not like Kevin Durant. You might not like some of the things that he's done and going up to Golden State and all that. But I get what he is saying here. One more story coming out in the NFL. You know, I'm not sure if we needed anything to make the Dallas Cowboys versus Philadelphia Eagles game on Sunday even more interesting, but we got it anyways. Because Eagles linebacker Camus Grugier-Hill got the trash talking started ahead of Sunday's pivotal game against the Cowboys, where Dallas is on top of the NFC East with the Eagles just one game back. But Grugier Hill had some comments, and I just bet they're going to be on the Dallas Cowboys bulletin board. Here is what he had to say. I mean, you look at Dallas's history. They always choke. So we'll go down there and make them choke. Now, the defending champion Eagles, they're starting to play a little bit better football. Like we've seen some glimpses. We talked about them last week in our Daily Dose Top 5 and looked at, uh, they're kind of struggling. Now, they're going to figure this out. They have time, but you've got to step up and start winning some games. And they started to get a little bit better. They have now won two games in a row and are six and six. If they could beat the seven and five Cowboys, hey, they'd be right there in first place in the NFC East, despite the fact they haven't looked very good all year. Now, the Eagles lost their first matchup with Dallas, 27 to 20, back on November 11th. And that game kind of got the Cowboys going. They won four games in a row. And now they are coming off of that upset win against the New Orleans Saints last Thursday. But Dallas has been resting since that game. Meanwhile, of course, the Eagles had a quick turnaround because they beat the Washington Redskins on Monday night. Now, the Cowboys are a three and a half point favorite over the weekend to beat Philadelphia. But hey, I like this trash talk by Gruget Hill. I really do. The NFC East has been largely unwatchable all season. Like, I'm not tuning in to watch it. As soon as we saw the Eagles start to struggle, you kind of went, eh, Giants are terrible. Washington is, eh, okay. Dallas was struggling for a good part of the season. But now, the NFC East is starting to get a little bit interesting. Hey, I'm tuning in for this game on Sunday. I can tell you that. And by the way, for as much heat as he's going to take, Grugier Hill, he's not lying. I mean, the Cowboys have choked quite a bit, right? Look at the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Since they won that Super Bowl back in 1995, they average 7.9 wins per season, right exactly at 500. I mean, 8-8, eight and eight, that's the Dallas Cowboys every single year. This is an average franchise since Jimmy Johnson left. You can spin it however you want, and they're America's team, and they're still one of the great franchises out there. I don't know. I mean, we've got a pretty good sample size, 22, 23 years, and they are 8-8 eight and eight every single year. I'm actually looking forward to watching this game between the 6 and 6 Eagles and the 7 and 5 Cowboys on Sunday should be a very very interesting game to watch. Hey, coming back, we will be talking some college hoops with Russ McKinstry and get his thoughts on this season that is now rolling along. You know, it should be a very very fun year in college basketball. We are going to be looking at a few storylines with Coach Mack when we get back. Hey, so all week we have been talking sports with Russ McKinstry, who has coached basketball for 30, 40 years. The guy has won 400 high school basketball games. He won back-to-back state championships. You know that he knows the high school game very well, but he also has sent a number of kids onto the college ranks. He knows that side of it extremely well too. 
So today we will sit down with Coach Mack and discuss what he thinks is going to happen during this season of college basketball. Coach, let's switch over to college basketball, a sport that is very, very near and dear to our hearts. You know, for all of the smoke around the college basketball scandal, and there's been a ton of smoke. We've seen a lot of things. We saw one coach in, in Rick Pitino and, and that whole situation, but I'm still not seeing the fire that we were led to believe was going to be coming. No, yeah, it's amazing how <laughs> how quickly that came and went uh, with really no resolution. And, uh, you know, you just keep waiting for uh, something to, to happen. And it's like, well, you know, we, we spent a good portion of the of the preseason, you know, going through all of these different uh, court proceedings and, and trials and listening to people talk and interviewing people and <laughs> nothing really came of it. So, yeah, you know, we all know and we've known for a long time the NCAA, especially with big time basketball, is an extremely corrupt situation. I mean, it uh, the things that go on at that level are just... Um, you know, obviously the NCAA is there to regulate, and they try to regulate, but it's much bigger. The whole thing is much bigger than what they can keep their hands on, you know, and keep keep things going in the right direction with the right type of right type of oversight. Well, and I really do think that a lot of it comes down to the fact that they weren't going out and busting the coach at Albany. They were getting Bill Self, and and there's some allegations about Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky, and obviously Sean Miller down at Arizona. It wasn't these little fish. It was these gigantic fish that were out there, and I think there was a lot of, you know what, let's just let some stuff slide. We'll just, well, we're not going to worry about that. Yeah, there's just too much money. You know? Yeah, there is. Big, big, big business, and, uh, you know, it's amazing what people can choose to believe and convince themselves is what their perception of reality is when there's a lot of money involved. You know, um, the truth gets clouded by by the money, you know, and, and people tend to look the other way or tend to remember things differently based on how much money they're making and what will happen if, if they happen to be implicated or their big-time coach is found to be guilty of, of this or that and they have to go out and find someone to take that person's spot and you know, it, it comes down to ethics and integrity. And <laughs> unfortunately, as much as I love college basketball, uh, there's just sometimes some of that is being pushed to the side because of the ratings that TV generate and the amount of money that uh, is being brought in through, you know, basketball. So, it, yeah, I love it, but to boy, there is a dark side to, to big-time basketball as we know. Coach, I, like I'm sure you did, I watched a good amount of those early season tournaments around Thanksgiving and the stuff over in Maui and a few of those tournaments that were going on. There is a ton of hype around that Duke team. And I honestly, I didn't want to believe it. And right now I, I look at the basketball landscape and I think there are better teams than the Duke Blue Devils. I think Kansas is very, very good. They're very experienced. We saw Gonzaga beat them with toughness, with that inside presence. There are a couple of other teams out there that I think can beat Duke right now. But by the end of the season, if they stay healthy, I'm not sure anyone's touching this Duke team. I know they're young, but if they make the progress that you know Mike Krzyzewski wants to make, I don't know if anyone can touch Duke by the end of the year. Nope. I, uh, you know, I, I really like that Duke team. And <laughs> I mean, the 18 year olds that they have on that team blow my mind. I mean, 
Zion Williamson at 18 is better than LeBron James was at 18, you know, to start with. And the other pieces that they have with that uh, freshman group is really, I mean, it's off the charts. And you're right, they got beat by Gonzaga, but you got to remember that that Gonzaga team has 23 and 24-year-old men playing. Most of their starters are junior, seniors. It was in a small little 3,000, you know, seat arena that is totally different than playing in your big time arena. There's it's a different type of basketball. And you know that because we've, we've done both. It's just a different type of basketball. So, yeah, get Duke now while you can because I think if they stay healthy, you go into March, man, I just, I just don't see anybody beating them. I really don't. I don't either. And I'm glad you brought up Zion Williamson because I wanted to talk about him. He looks like the next superstar. Like you might want to start tanking for this kid. But the one concern I have about him, he is a gigantic kid. They're saying he's like 270 pounds, knees, ankles, feet, uh, back. They don't always appreciate that much weight being on them. And the problem with Zion Williamson, he's not a fat kid. He's just a big, giant kid. Can his body hold up at that next level? Yeah, that's a great question. He is um, he's a man-child. Very, very unusual. You know, last time we saw something similar was uh, Charles Barkley. But, you know, Charles Barkley is four inches shorter, basically, three inches shorter, and, and doesn't have the wingspan, doesn't have the skill set that, that Zion has. So, you know, if, if he is self-disciplined, he gets around the right type of people, the right type of mentorship, boy, I see something special happening to this kid. But, you know, he's just like Charles Barkley. You know, if, if you don't have the right type of mentorship or self-discipline, all of a sudden you can balloon up, and, and all of a sudden once you do that, the joints just can't take the type of pounding that it takes, you know, to stay healthy enough to be, you know, a, a true, legitimate, you know, once-in-a-decade type player. But right now I see him trending that way. I think he's got all the right type of people around him, the mindset. I think he has the right type of personality. I'm just, I'm really excited to see where this kid goes. It's going to be fascinating to watch him develop. Well, I am too, because not only do I like what he brings to the table skill set wise, I like what he brings to the table with his passion, with his fire. He comes out and he plays hard every single night. And that is one thing I give this Duke team. Last year, we saw a bunch of young, talented kids that didn't always play that way, that didn't always play defense. This group gets after it. I love the way they rebound. My goodness, they crash the glass and they dare you to try to get one from them. The way he goes and attacks every single possession. I don't know. This is a different group. No, you're right. It, uh, I really, I'm enjoying watching them play. And, you know, I'm not, as you know, I, I'm not a front runner type basketball fan. I, I, I like quality. I like obscure teams that kind of come out of nowhere, but because of their coaching or their, you know, team chemistry and hustle and, you know, all those other things, intangibles make them fun to watch. But, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I am really enjoying watching this Duke team play in Zion and, and, and the other players that are on that team as well. They're just, um, they're, they're a special, special group. And, and you can tell they just love playing the game. I guess that's why I like, you yeah. know, or love watching them play because they love playing and it's very evident. Coach, there's a team out there that I watched a couple times. I think I've seen them twice. And no one's going to respect them. They don't have a single guy that could crack that Duke lineup. I'll promise you that. But in their system, the way they play, they're still very good. But no one's going to respect them because they lost to a 16 last year. But Virginia 
is a sneaky good team. And I won't even lie. I am blatantly rooting for Tony Bennett and the Virginia Cavaliers. I love this style they play with. I know they're going to get a ton of grief this year about losing to a 16. That team can flat out play. And I don't think it's individually. It is team. Yeah, no, I, I'm like you. You know, I've always been a fan of, of Coach Bennett too. I think he does everything the right way and, and, uh, a classy, classy first, uh, first tier coach. Uh, I love them. I tell you, and there's four teams that I really like that really aren't getting a whole lot of, uh, notoriety besides Virginia too. I think Michigan's really, really good and underrated. I think Buffalo, yeah, with all their players back from last year and the run they make, are really good in Nevada too, you know. Uh, those are teams that, um, you know, might be under the radar. And Kansas State is another one too. Kansas State is really good this year. So there are some teams out there that, uh, you might not think of as traditional powerhouses, but they are extremely good. And I think the, I think the NCAA this year are just going to be really, really fun and special with a lot of upsets just like last year. Well, and coach, you bring up a great point. You bring up teams right there. They're a little bit under the radar. They all have one thing in common. They've got a coach that gets it. And every single one of those teams you just named, they've all got really, really good coaching. And for as much as we want to put these kids out there and, hey, they're young men and they're going to the NBA, these are still kids that need to learn how to play the game. You look at a coach like John Beeline at Michigan, he is excellent at teaching kids how to play the game. Yeah, he's he's really a very good coach. And again, not a, not a national name that everybody would recognize, but... He is, he's really a, a fantastic coach and I've actually seen him talk at a, at a clinic and have a couple of videos of him, instructional videos, and he is a, a master teacher of the game of basketball. So yeah, and that, that's what makes college basketball, you know, it has its dark side, but then you start talking about the other side and, and uh, there's so many positives to, to what's going on and great people, great coaches, great players. It's just, uh, you know, this is just a great time of year when you have the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and college football playoffs, college basketball is getting ramped up. It's my favorite time of the year because you have all these different sports. There's just a lot of positive, great uh, sporting things that are taking place that uh, just make, make life fun to sit back and watch and see how it all unfolds. Coach, when you look at conferences in college hoops this year, I'm struggling to find a conference that's going to be better than that Big Ten. And I only just talked about Michigan. Michigan State, obviously, loaded. Wisconsin is going to be much better. Iowa, with uh, Fran McCaffrey, I think, is there. They're going to be better. Ohio State, Purdue, Maryland. The Big Ten is stacked this year. No, it's really loaded because you could, uh, you didn't even mention Nebraska and Minnesota. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is a, a rough, tough basketball conference. Uh, with some great coaches you mentioned, Fran McCaffrey. He, Fran, I got to know him. He recruited, uh, he was at the University of Notre Dame and recruited Pat Gary oh, that's and right. Lewis Palmer when I was coaching Lewis Palmer. So I go way back with him and, and, uh, he is another, you know, coach that people probably don't even know, you know, wouldn't know his name, but you talk about a guy that can get the best out of his players and get his players to, to play way over their, you know, you know, potential line. He's one of those guys and, that conference is just filled with coaches like that. And, you know, they just get those Midwest tough, hard-nosed basketball players that, uh, you know, don't mind mixing it up. And it's not all about running gun jump shots. It's about defense and, you know, rebounding and, and taking charges and diving on those balls. It's, it's a good brand of basketball. It really is. It is. And it's going to be very, very tough. Whoever ends up coming out of the Big Ten this year, they're going to be tested because every single night you are going to have to go out and earn it. 
carries it and doesn't have, uh, you know, a lot of injuries or mental fatigue from the grind of the regular season, they're going to be battle-tested and they could, uh, they could make a deep run uh, through the, you know, the, the March Madness NCAA playoffs. So, yeah, it's, it's a good conference and from top to bottom, it, uh, it might be the best conference this year. If you really look at it honestly, it's probably the best conference top to bottom. Yeah, I think it probably is. Coach, we've talked about this before. Obviously, a lot of discussion about the one and done rule and all that stuff. Now they're saying the NBA has announced that high school kids can jump to the G League. They can make $125,000 per season. For certain kids, kids that, I don't know, are desperate for the money or whatever, I think that might be the best option. But like we just talked about, for as many bad things as there are about college basketball, I still look at this situation and say, you tell me, what would these Duke kids benefit more from going to Duke and being a brand like they are right now or go barnstorming through Cedar Falls or whatever? That G League theme makes no sense to me. The college experience does still have a ton to offer. Yeah, especially when you look at the leadership, the coaches and, and what's to be gained. I mean, as you know, I always struggle that, uh, you know, the one and done, you basically have a kid that gets into a dorm room, you know, mid-August. And basically, he's done in his dorm by mid-December, and you know the, he's going on to the NBA, you know, towards March. So he's in class for three or four months, and you know that he's off to to play in the NBA. That's just a weird dynamic to me. But I think the G League would would fit the you know options are always good, uh, and I think that's a great option for your you know your kid that can't qualify uh, for an NCAA program non qualifier who. Uh, goes to a junior college and the meat market, um, very, uh, suspect, uh, you know, environment of many junior colleges. That'd be a nice place for a, a top-notch junior college type player to go play in a G league instead of going to junior college. Might be, a, it might actually be a more beneficial, beneficial situation for them than junior college. From what I've seen anyway at the junior college level, I, I, mean, I have a lot of nightmare stories about junior colleges. Oh, so. Uh, um, so I think that might be a good option, but you're right. There's nothing like being on a, on a college campus and playing for your college with your buddies. I mean, you, you just can't replace that. The G League would not even come close to giving that type of, you know, experience. And I, you know, you gotta look at it besides just basketball. You gotta look at the social, emotional development of, of a young man who's 18 and what he needs at that time in his life. And, and college is such a much better option than a G League. But there are a few, you know, kids that, that wouldn't fit into that profile that do need something like a G League that would actually be better for them than junior college or NAIA or, you know, some of these other things that uh, potentially could come into their into their lives as an option. G League might actually be better. Coach, every single time we have you on, you knock it out of the park and, and you've done it again today. You've got opinions on everything. You've got inside information. You've got knowledge on sports, football, Basketball, it doesn't make any difference. We, we bring you on every time. We hope that you'll do, uh, you know, do the show whenever you get the chance. But every single time you come on, you absolutely crush it. I hear back from listeners that say, when you having Coach Mac on, we love getting his insight. Now, some of them are drunk. I'm not going to lie. Some of them, <laughs> they have no idea what in the world they're talking about. But I've got one more thing that I need to, I need to bring to you before I let you go. I made a really silly mistake. You and I talked about it a little bit before we before we started talking uh, here on the show. I did something silly, and uh, I was asked to coach my daughter's rec league team, basketball team. 
And of course, you know, you and I coached together, coached a little bit, but if you had some advice for me going out and coaching a U14 basketball team, what are the things you would really focus on, on, on youth, youth girls? I'm coaching girls, but what are the things that you think are most important to make sure these kids take with them when they're done with this season? Well, I, first of all, I'm a strong believer, and you know this, in that you don't pigeonhole them into a specific role or a specific position. I would coach them uh, in a system that does, isn't predicated on being a guard, forward, center. Just make them learn all facets of the game so they're well-rounded, and don't take your tallest girl and make her you know, sit on the low block and just rebound. Make her learn how to dribble, how to pass. So that that they're well rounded, I'm a really big believer in that. I think uh, your your job as a coach, what you should be doing with those girls, is making sure that they're having fun and learning to enjoy the game of basketball, and making sure that they have a positive experience underneath you, that you build their confidence and self esteem, and most of all, that they improve as a player. I mean, that's really you know what a coach is. You know, is you're helping kids improve both on the court and off the court and um, you know you build that relationship so that they trust you whether it's a basketball situation or just a life situation that you provide some mentorship and guidance to them so that when you hand them off to their next coach at the high school level or a higher level club that they can look back at their experience with you and say hey I had fun I improved I learned and I'm a better person for it. So if you if you fill those checkboxes, my man, you have done what you are supposed to do, and I know you will because you're a great coach. Coach, I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> I'm going to botch this like you wouldn't believe. We're going to go out. We're going to win a rec league championship. I'm going to stick <laughs> one girl point guard. I'm going to jam one girl down in the post, and that's where they're going to stay. And I'm going to win a, a gold ball for the rec league. I'm not doing any of that stuff. <laughs> you just. I admire your strong convictions, and man, go get it, and uh, it was nice knowing you. Don't ever call me again. <laughs> I'm, I'm bucking for a promotion with this job. I'm going to go out there and really, really knock them dead. <laughs> no, you'll, you'll do great. I'm glad. I'm very happy to hear that you're doing that again. I wish you the best of luck, and I have so much fun doing this with you, and you know anytime you want me on, I'd be glad to talk, and you're right. Besides the drunk people and, and the family members that tune in to me, uh, the rest of the people think we're both crazy, but that's okay. We have a lot of fun doing this. That's the bottom line. We have a great time. It, it, it doesn't matter what anyone, anyone else thinks. <laughs> Although for some reason, I don't know, people are tuning in and people always tune in when, when you come on the show. So we must be doing something right. But you know, we would have you on this show every single day. If you'd, if you'd ever stop working and quit clowning around with that job you're doing, you could be on this show every day and we could, we could get some real work done here. Glad that I have a new option in life, and now <laughs> retirement might be that much closer, and it'll be the daily McKinsey show. So uh, I'm going to take you up on that. Okay, it's, I'm telling you right now, it's it's waiting for you. Whenever you are ready, you just let us know. <laughs> okay, will do. Thanks, Coach. I hope you have a happy holiday. Yeah, Merry uh, Christmas to you and your family, and and thanks again for the opportunity. Hey, it is Friday, and we have made it through another week here at the Dose. Have to say thank you so much to Russ McKinstry for spending the week with us. Always good to get your insights on sports and spend some time with you. We do always enjoy your visits. I'd say thank you to all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every single day. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you so much for sharing the show. It is all very appreciated. Hey, make sure you get some of that holiday shopping done 
by stopping by tpublic.com and picking up a few Daily Dose items for the Daily Dose listener in your life. And do not forget to sign up for the College Football Bowl Pick'em and join our Daily Dose podcast group. If you know college football, we want you to prove it. Come on over, make your picks, and show that you know college football better than any of us. Everyone is welcome to join. You do not need a password. Hey, don't forget, the Army-Navy game is on Saturday. If you want to feel good about the youth in this country, make sure you check in on the Army-Navy game because we do still have some really, really good kids coming up in this country. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.